0: Gavaloa, dancing around, and drops, Gavaloa trying to make up for it, fires to the end zone, touchdown, Alabama wins! The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Hi and welcome back in to 2nd and 26, your dedicated athletic Alabama football podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Suttles, the Athletics Alabama football beat writer. Hope you guys have been well. During these uncertain times, but as I speak to you today, man, it is looking closer and closer. A hundred days out from the start of college football season, and guess what? It looks like we're going to get a college football season after all the uncertainty, after all of the uh, proclamations that football season might not happen this fall. As of right now, students are reporting back to campus next month in June Alabama's laid out some guidelines and protocols for their student-athletes, for their football players to be back on campus. I'll tell you about that in my conversation with Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne here in just a minute, but man, it is getting close. Of course, we don't know what the future holds, and in a month, we might be in a totally different place, but as of right now, we're getting football, baby, and that is exciting. that has got me excited, and I hope it's got you excited. hope you're telling your friends about The Athletic. Man, we could use the subscriptions here for Alabama as much as you want. You want the best Alabama football coverage. The more people that subscribe, the more we are able to do. So please tell your friends. Give them a gift. You know, you got birthdays and Father's Day coming up and, and all that stuff. Please think of The Athletic when you start – to give presents because it's uh, it's a really enjoyable experience and I trust that you have enjoyed it, guys. I've I've missed you guys. I've missed talking football. I've missed this podcast, but I'm so glad that I'm back. And if you missed it uh, last week, we dropped the Alabama State of the Program there on the Athletic, and uh, you'll see. You've seen some of these start to spill out. Alabama's was released last week. If you haven't uh, seen it yet? Go check it out at the Athletic. Go to the go to the Alabama tab and scroll down, and you'll see it. It's got a little seal on it. State of the Program with a headline. Uh, after taking a small step back, Alabama has goals that remain as high as ever. And we get into breaking what Alabama will look like down a little bit. Now the state of the program is not meant to be a state of, it's not meant to be a season preview. It's, it's, it's precisely what it is. It's a state of the program. So that means, well, yes, we're going to look at a little bit this season, but we're looking at the health of the program. And I think the health of the program is pretty good. Alabama, has remained a consistent factor in recruiting, and they've recruited well. I think the last couple of classes, as you guys have heard me mention, um, I thought they hit the defensive line. I I thought that's an area that they needed to do. Uh, Now going forward, we'll see how they recruit. Obviously, some areas of need there. You always want to recruit defensive linemen. You always want to recruit offensive linemen. You want to take a quarterback every class. But uh, more than that, they need some wide receivers, and they're going to need some tight ends. We know what they lost from the wide receiver position, Uh, Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs. uh, They were fortunate to get Devontae Smith back. A lot of NFL analysts started really singing his praises during the draft process. So Alabama, very, very fortunate to get him back. But we know he's a senior, so he's gone after this year. And no one in Tuscaloosa, the state of Alabama, or anywhere in the SEC would be surprised if Jalen Waddell uh, left after his junior year. So wide receiver is definitely a position that Alabama is going to have to recruit. They got two committed right now, verbal commits for the twenty twenty one class. So, as we start to delve into what this Alabama roster looks like, let's start with the quarterback position. Um, I think it's a natural place to start, and I think it's a it's it's one that has certainly garnered its lot the lion's share of attention at Alabama for the last few years, and and for 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 good reason. You think back to two thousand and sixteen, Alabama put a true freshman on the field that won SEC Offensive Player of the Year. And that, that got a lot of attention. Uh, Jalen Hurts um, certainly garnered a lot of attention during his entire career, including his senior season there at Oklahoma. But fast forward a year, go to 2017. And the quarterback, again, was the story. Even though you had a proven starter in Jalen Hurts, you had this really gifted freshman. And you started hearing these behind-the-scenes stories from practice that this guy, Tua Tonga Valoa, was lighting it up. And then you go into 2018 – and, again, it was a quarterback competition, although we all sort of knew and we all sort of felt that it was to his job, and, and he took the job that year. And then 2019, obviously, to a second season and, and the way that ended. And So let's start at quarterback. And, you know, a couple of months ago, uh, there was a lot of talk that, that Bryce Young might be the guy this year. And, and some of that is he's a five-star guy. Um, like it or not, there are expectations that come with five-star players. Um, it's why Nick Saban really, really loathes expectations, right? I mean, you get got a five-star next to your name, a fan, even though they've maybe seen zero film of that player, maybe don't know exactly how they fit into a specific college team's scheme. If you got a five-star next to your name, people expect you to make a difference and especially early on. So, Bryce Bryce Young got a five-star next to his name. So a lot of people did a lot of research on the kid. They started reading about him. Some of them, some of you guys even went and watched his film, and then you read about just sort of the prolific stats that he put up in a really good California high school football league. So I think because the quarterback play at Alabama has been so exceptional for the last couple of years, there is a desire that that continues. Um, and listen, I mean, that's that's really no – should be no shock. And every team wants good quarterback plays they can get. But when I say they want it to continue, Alabama just had the best quarterback it's ever had in terms of numbers. Uh, and if he would have stayed, he would have rewritten every passing number at Alabama, and, and as it is through basically two seasons at a starter – Go look at where he go 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 look at where he stacks up. He's, he's it speaks for itself. They want that again. I, I, in terms of that, I think you struck lightning in a bottle with Tua. I'm not saying that Bryce Young cannot be a great player. I, in fact, I think he will be a great player. I'm not saying I'm not. I don't think it's wise to to expect that off the bat. But a couple of months ago, I mean, we we're having real conversations about Bryce Young in a competition with Mac Jones. Now, now as we sit here. At the end of May, man, I have – and I've cautioned everyone. Listen, Max Jones played well to end the season. I know he didn't win the Iron Bowl. I know he made two mistakes that cost Alabama the game. But I've continued to say over and over and over again the way that he composed himself after those mistakes in that environment against that defense and gave his team a lead in the fourth quarter – that kid earned a lot of respect from me. And not that my respect matters, he earned it a lot from his teammates. He's already a well liked guy. They call him the Joker. I'm sure you read stories about that. Mac Jones is a well liked guy in that locker room. So they already, he already had the respect of his teammates because he was well liked. You add in that, the fact that he earned more people's respect with the way he played against Auburn, the way he played against Michigan, Michigan, another great defense. And all of a sudden, Mac Jones is a force in that locker room, right? And and his teammates already liked him, Um, but they can like you all day long. Every player wants to win and they want to put the best player on the field. That's going to give them the best chance to win. So you say all that, maybe Bryce Young can make it interesting, but man, more and more and more people are starting to sing the praises of Mac Jones and the way he closed last season. I think it's because there's been a lack of football. So people have went back and studied him. I mean, I haven't studied him extensively. I've been there and watched every game. I like the way he climbs the pocket. I think he throws a nice deep ball. I think he gets through his reads pretty well. I think he stays in the pocket. He does a lot of things that you can work with, especially when you have the talent at the wide receiver position where you can create some separation. And Alabama certainly has that. On to the offensive line. It's going to be good. Um, I say that almost every year, and, and there are, I guess, varying degrees of good, but they should be good. You know, you get Alex Leatherwood, which this time last year, no one would have expected Alex Leatherwood to come back from his senior season. Uh, And then at left guard, you got options. You can go Emil Ikior. You can go Landon Dickerson, who I know started at center last year, but maybe you want to move some spots around. Because if you move Landon to left guard, that might give you an opportunity to get Darian Dalcourt, who they really, really, really like there at center. If not, you keep Landon there at center. You maybe move Emil to left guard. You got Cornbread, Deontay Brown there at right guard, and then you're gonna move Evan Neal to right tackle. If Evan Neal sticks there, you got two five-star guys as your bookends, and you got some really powerful guys, I think, that that make up your offensive line blocking for maybe the best returning running back in the country. I know that's saying a lot, but he's certainly up there. I mean, the way that the way that Najee Harris closed the season got everyone's attention. So, and, and it's not just Najee Harris, right? It's Brian Robinson, Trey Sanders, the five-star freshman that got injured and didn't play last year, he's back. You got Keelan Robinson, and then you got three freshmen coming in. So running back, loaded. I don't expect any more than the three-back rotation, and if it were those three backs, I would probably expect it to be Najee Harris um, and then some combination of Brian Robinson and Trey Sanders. And if you if you really wanted to get creative, which Alabama has found a way to do, you can get Keelan Robinson on the field. Maybe he's a wide receiver, and you run a lot of jet sweeps. Maybe maybe he can be he can do some stuff in the slot. He's an explosive player. We'll see what they can do to get him on the field. And then wide receiver, we know what it is. Devonte Smith had an awesome year last year. Um, I've told everyone since day one is sort of become sort of become my running joke on Twitter with with Jalen Waddell that he's a problem. It's sort of like every time he does something good, I always tweet Jalen. Uh, Jalen is going to be a problem, uh, so we know there. But now it becomes they don't have, you know, sort of a four-headed monster before. Um, I've heard great things about John Mechie. People love his hands. Can he be as dynamic as those other guys? Um, we'll see. But um, I think it's I think it's reasonable to expect a small step back, and then. Allow for some of these other guys to get in there and let's see what they can do. They got Slade Bolden, who they've used in a variety of ways. They've seen him in the Wildcat. He's been in the he's been in the slot. He's run the football a couple of times. So out of that Wildcat, he's a guy that you can do some stuff with. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, it's got to be a bounce back year. Um, you know, I think as I mentioned to start the podcast, I think the health of the defensive line is better than it's been the last couple of years. In this state of the program, this is what this is. Um, I think they're poised to have a good year, and I think because the way they have focused on the defensive line the last two recruiting classes, and I think the way they're going to focus on it this recruiting class, I think that that is a good sign for defenses this year and the defenses to come. Now, how much of a step forward Alabama takes after last year remains to be seen. You, a lot of people are very negative about defensive coordinator Pete Golding, but don't forget, Dylan Moses is back, and I think he can solve a lot of problems just as just his presence on the field. He's got to stay healthy. I've told you since last year, I love Christian Harris. I think he's a difference maker. I think he's a. I think he's going to be a star in the SEC. His athleticism is off the charts. Once everything clicks for him, once it clicks, I think this guy is going to be a monster. Um, and, and being able to learn beside Dylan Moses this year, I think is, is really good. Interior linebacker, which was just absolutely brutalized, with lack of depth last year is actually pretty good this year. You get Dylan Moses back, Joshua McMillan comes back, Shane Lee played a ton of football last year, Christian Harris played a ton of football last year. So the depth there of guys that if you had to have them step in and play, you feel much better this year than you did last year. On the defensive line, I think that the I think the the linchpin, the key to that defensive line for me is does Christian Barmore take the next step? Because if Christian Barmore takes the next step, this can be a pretty good defensive line. I think it's I think it's already better in terms of the depth. I've told you that. Because of the recruiting, because of the lack of depth there that they had the last couple of years, more guys had to play. So Christian Barmore has shown flashes. If he rounds out his game and his shows the coaching staff he's able to be trusted, I think he takes the next step. I think he gets more opportunities. I think he's going to be the guy on that defensive line that gives them a pass rush, at least from the middle. Then you got D.J. Dale back. Obviously, he, he tore his ACL, hurt his knee at the end of the season. If he's back healthy, good thing. But the second key to me is, is LeBron Ray healthy? You've probably heard, heard me talk and ask questions about his foot injury. He sustained two injuries on that foot last year that kept him pretty much out the entire season. One in fall camp, then he hurt it again, I believe, in the South Carolina game. We didn't see him again. If he's healthy, you got two guys in LeBron Ray and Christian Barber who can be difference makers. You throw DJ Dale, a year's worth of experience. If he's healthy, that's a starting, just a solid starting lineup. And then you bring in Federe Mathis, who's played some football. And those freshmen last year that had to play and, and earned it to a certain degree, but they earned it against the lack of depth on that defensive line, but still they earned it. Byron Young, Justin Aboigbe. Timothy Smith, if he comes in part of this freshman class this year, uh, is a guy they think a lot of. I'm not going to put a freshman, uh, any any pressure on a freshman coming in, but let's just say the defensive line is healthier. The question marks for me on this defense is outside linebacker in the secondary. Outside linebacker, obviously, lose Terrell Lewis. You lose Anthony Jennings. And now you're you're sort of looking for a guy as a King, Makuta, I, I got to get that pronunciation right, but I've heard he's going to be a monster. So look out for him this year, King Makuta, if he earns a starting role and gets more playing time, he can be a guy um, that could be a difference maker on the outside. We've seen that Christopher Allen, looks like the Incredible Hulk. Can he start to show some consistency in his play? And then, obviously, they recruited a ton of outside guys in this recruiting class. Again, awfully soon to be expecting anything, but... Whether it's, you know, Quinoris Robinson, whether it's Drew Sanders, uh, whether it's um, any of those guys, the five-star guys that they brought in, we'll see. But those guys can at least provide some competition and practice and maybe start building that up. And then the secondary. Secondary is in a little bit of a transition this year in the state of the program. It's a little bit of a transition because you lose four of five starters, right? And now you got some holes. you got one returning starter, and that is Patrick Sertain the second. That's a good guy to be bringing back. Uh, you, you brought in a junior college uh, corner in this past recruiting class in Ronald Williams. If Ronald Williams is able to see the field, I think, I think it takes a little bit of pressure off Nick Saban, off Carl Scott, off Charles Kelly, off those secondary coaches, and that you have some versatility. You have options. Because if he's not able to play the field, then your corners are absolutely – Patrick Sertain – And Josh Joe, right? Those are your corners, and then you're, you're, okay. You're asking questions of, well, who's going to be, who's going to be our star, who's going to be money? Okay, if you get Ronald Williams, and Ronald Williams could play, if he's able to come in and play, maybe Ronald Williams is a star. Heck, maybe Ronald Williams is a corner, and you move Patrick Sertan because of his knowledge of the defense. Maybe he becomes star. A lot of different things you can do if Ronald Williams is able to see the field. Now they don't recruit junior college guys to come in and sit the bench. That's why I'm suspecting. And I've heard a couple of good things um, behind the scenes that Ronald Williams, at least before all this pandemic stuff happened, was developing at a nice rate. So watch him whenever they start back. Listen to any reports that you hear about Ronald Williams, because I think he can give that defense some versatility. From there, at safety, uh, Jordan Battle, freshman last year. We saw him got an interception in one of those games. If, uh, if he feels a little, gets his legs underneath him, feeling a little more confident because of his second year in the program, uh you feel pretty good about him, and then Daniel Wright, a guy that's been in the program, I believe this is his fourth year, third or fourth year um he came in with Xavier Xavier McKinney, so yeah, I guess this would be his fourth year he's coming at bond, so those are your safeties, and they got some other guys to watch out for, but those are the main guys, so that's sort of the state of the program, looking obviously at this year but but health wise um of where this program is headed, obviously, the schedule is a bear. You get USC, or at least we think we're going to get USC on September 5th in Dallas. Uh, we'll see. You know, Dallas is opening things up slowly. The difference is most of these venues, when the, you know, when the when we're talking about the coronavirus, is you'd rather be outside. Remember, Jerry World's inside. So if you got tickets to that game, you know, just just pay attention to how many they're going to let in that game. But you know, there was a a couple of weeks ago, I'd been told that USC might not play, and then they were looking at. Uh, TCU there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, it looks like more and more U- it's going to be USC because it looks more and more every day like we're going to get football, on time at least. So you get USC to start September 5th, and then two weeks later on the 19th, Georgia comes to town. Now Georgia's got a new quarterback in Jamie Newman. They've got a new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken, and they got a great defense. So that in your first three weeks, you get USC-Georgia. Which is a far cry from the schedule Alabama had last year. It's much more competitive competitive this year. And remember, schedule flips up a little bit this year. You're going to get Texas A&M the week before Auburn. Remember that was that usually that money game that what they call cupcake game was the always the week before Auburn. Well, now it's going to be Texas A&M. So Alabama's going to close the season with Texas A&M and Auburn. And always tough trip to Baton Rouge is squeezed in there too. So that's the schedule they have this year and. You know, you start looking at potential slip ups. And I think it's important to start the season great. And I think that's an opportunity where Alabama might be vulnerable relative to the rest of that schedule because, you know, your defense doesn't have its legs underneath it yet. You have a quarterback who proved some stuff last year, but it's New Year's. Obviously, if he wins the job in Mac Jones, that game is sort of like he's proving it's his team early on. So some things to watch out for early in the season, and if Alabama gets through that third week and they're 3-0, I I think that's a really good sign for this football team, because I think they're going to get stronger and stronger. I think they're going to have a bounce-back season on defense. I know a lot of people are questioning Pete Golden, but because of Dylan Moses, because of the potential that I think Christian Harris has beside him, because of Christian Barmore and the depth of the defensive line, if they figure out and just don't... Blow assignments and give free touchdowns in the secondary. They should. They may not be great, but I think they'll be passable at least until we get later and later in the season. And then, obviously, they should be hitting their stride there at the end of the year. Uh, if they do that and find any sort of pass rush from an outside linebacker perspective, I think this defense is going to bounce back in a major way. And we might change. And it might. They might benefit from a change. A little bit of a change of style in offense, right? They might be a little more less pass centric with this year's offense because of that offensive line, because of that depth at running back, because of of really them able to trust Najee Harris now and him showing really his skill set at the end of the year, they might just lean on teams a little bit and and start to dominate. So that's where Alabama is in terms of special teams. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, It all – Really depends on are they healthy because they had injury issues at kicker and at punter last year. As, as far as return specialists, Jalen Waddle's the guy. He's the best return specialist in the SEC. I think he. Uh, you know I'll honestly question the sanity of of anybody that kicks to him this year. If you pump the ball to Jalen Waddle, you need to go and, and have an MRI or a CAT scan. I mean, not an MRI, a CAT. You got to you got to get your head examined because it makes no sense. He is an absolute difference maker. Again, thanks for listening. We're going to hopefully as we start now with the players returning back, get more in a rhythm of the podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing to The Athletic and please always recommend let's keep this thing going. Uh, it's a startup company. We're proud of what we've done, but we're just getting started because of you, because of your help. And man, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to 2nd and 26. I'll catch you again another time.